and welcome to another episode of the APOG podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Bechtel, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down and talking with Nicole Patton, who is the chief OBGYN PA at Brigham and Women's Hospitals Maternal Fetal Medicine. So welcome, Nicole. Can you introduce yourself and uh, tell us your pronouns? Of course. I'm Nicole Patton, and it's um, she, her, and hers. Awesome. So you're here today to talk about uh, your experience working in maternal fetal medicine. Do you mind diving into a little bit about how you got into that field and your experience up to that point? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm originally from Baltimore and went to undergrad in Maryland and then came up to Boston in PA school. Um, prior to PA school, I actually worked as a medical assistant and an OBGYN practice. So kind of you know, found my interest and love for women's health. So I went into PA school knowing I wanted to do something in women's health. And there weren't a lot of PAs when I graduated a little over 10 years ago in that field. Um, so after I graduated, I felt really fortunate. I actually got a job at the OBGYN department at Brigham and Women's Hospital um, in Boston. And I primarily started working just on their gynecology service alongside the residents and working like doing consults and inpatient um, consults, emergency room consults. And then I really had an interest in OB more than GYN. So I started working on their high-risk antepartum service. So basically like- Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really interesting Um, and kind of learned everything about obstetrics and kind of high-risk OB and all the gamuts. Like we get a lot of transfers from other community hospitals. So we see Mm -hmm. kind of everything along in high-risk OB. So- I worked daily on the inpatient service, and then about seven or eight years ago, they needed more help in their outpatient clinic. So then I came down um, to the maternal pain medicine outpatient clinic. So I kind of do both now inpatient and outpatient. As far as I guess your day to day, is it are you doing like shifts at a hospital or is it like overnights? Like what does your your I guess work schedule look like? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Our, um, I work at the main campus hospital and our clinic is in the main campus. So um, we're kind of like our labor and delivery is on the fifth floor and our clinic is on the third floor. So like going back between inpatient and outpatient is really easy. Um, and I just do day shifts. Um, so I'm working like 10 hour shifts during the week. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So you have, I mean, a, a wealth of knowledge up to this point, especially dealing with the, with the high risk patients. Now I want to I guess, take a step back. When you were going from PA school to working in OBGYN, did you do a residency program or was it just kind of diving in and learning like all PAs do? Yeah, no, I didn't do a residency program. There weren't a lot of in OBGYN. I know there was a couple now, mm-hmm. um, but when I graduated, there wasn't really that opportunity, but I... Um, just dove right in. I did an elective in my, like kind of the practice that I worked in before PA school. So I got like an extra rotation in OB. And then when I graduated, the fortunate thing of working alongside the residents is I kind of learned with them and working at an academic institution are all the attendings are in the teaching and training model. So I learned alongside them around like a team that was constantly teaching like new research and protocols and everything that you need to do in OB. So it was really nice to start as a new grad in kind of that setting. I believe it. And I, uh, so a little bit of background about myself. I'm a PA, fairly new PA, working in family medicine. So all of the the guide stuff that I do is is mainly in that primary care family medicine standpoint. So 
I could easily imagine how a PA who is either brand new PA or is working in different fields says, oh my gosh, maternal fetal medicine. Like they think maybe the the scary scenarios. Can you talk through what your, you know, maybe day-to-day life is and what that entails? (laughs) Yeah. So at our institution, our MFMs, a lot of act as like the primary OB. So we have our own clinic that we see our own patients. Whereas I think at some other hospitals, the mm-hmm. MFMs just act as a consultative, um, a consultant along with the primary OB. So we have our own primary patients and the PAs in our clinic are kind of the continuity since our MFMs also do ultrasound, labor delivery and outreach. So we're there every day in the clinic. So as an outpatient day, I'll have my own panel of patients, um, seeing them independently and usually making my own plan. But then there's always an attending around if I, you know, there's a new ultrasound finding or something new pops up that I need to run a plan by. And then on the inpatient side, we also cover the postpartum service and then the antepartum service. Um, So an inpatient day could be rounding alongside the attending and chief resident on the postpartum patients and then the antepartum service along with our MFM fellows and attendings. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of the inpatient OB, but what is your OR experience like? Some of our PAs actually do first assist on C-sections. The bonus of an academic institution, there's a lot of teaching, but we also have a large residency. So there's Mm -hmm. finding a good balance of not taking away from resident teaching. So we cover a lot of the um, C-sections for when the residents are in didactic. So they'll act as the first assist for them. Gotcha. And that does make sense. I honestly hadn't thought thought of that as far as PAs being a first assist, maybe taking a spot away from residents. But that's a that's a very good point. Yeah. Now, can you talk me through a typical day? You know, how many patients are you seeing? What sorts of things, you know, on average are you doing? Yeah. So I would say for kind of like a session, um, our PAs do a lot of the new patient intake. So we'll probably mm-hmm. see about um, 10 to 12 patients in a session, depending if they're new patients or postpartum or routine prenatal visits. Um, and then we see a lot of, we kind of, as, um, if we don't have our own clinic, we also act as like the triads walk-ins person, as you can imagine with all of our patients, a lot of things can pop up, um, a lot mm-hmm. of problem visits. So we have a great nursing staff, um, support that comes with official questions. And then there's always a PA that's around that's able to see any urgent add-on visits. Gotcha. And can you, so you mentioned nursing, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, your role as a PA with all of the other members of the healthcare team? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think we have a huge multidisciplinary team that I don't think we'd be able to run without everyone, every member of the team. So uh, in the clinic, we have a large nursing support. We are attendings. There's four PAs in our MFM practice. And then we also like our sonographers, social workers, genetic counselors. I mean, and then obviously like our medical assistants, practice assistants, like we're all working together. Together, caring for patients in different aspects. And then on the inpatient side, definitely like our nurses, our midwives, we kind of act as the consults for all of the other practices for their patients. So there's a lot of um, interaction with the generalists and midwives and their patients too. Okay. Now you've kind of touched on this as far as MFM is a is a very, very broad field. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And your experience, you know, may be different from a different I don't know, MFM practice, but let's say there's a a PA who says, hey, I really want to go into MFM. What are some, you know, like bread and butter cases or things that, you know, you're seeing all the time? Yeah, I would say, I mean, the most common probably is like preeclampsia and all the hypertension disorders. So anyone with chronic hypertension, gestational hypertension, or like history of preeclampsia, we see a lot of Mm -hmm. that. Um, And then diabetes, we take care of a lot of women with type one and type two diabetes. We have kind of their own diabetes and pregnancy clinic 
clinic where we work alongside the endocrinologists that follow them during their pregnancy. And we have different kind of models that for different parts of maternal fetal medicine. So we have like a multiples clinic that follows like the twins and triplets and quadruplets mm-hmm. sometimes. And we have a joint program with Boston Children's Hospital at the MFCC, which is the Maternal Fetal Care Center. So we get a lot of patients that come from all over the country where their babies need to be cared for by physicians at Children's. So they'll deliver at our institutions. We have a joint program with them caring for those patients during their pregnancy. So really a lot. Um, <laughs> it's really nice because I've learned so much working um, in MFM and also like not just the fetal side, but maternal side. Like we take care of moms that like have their own cardiac history mm-hmm. and congenital heart disease or history of cancers and now they're pregnant. So we really learn a lot of just medicine, maternal medicine in addition to obstetrics. I can see how it's something, you know, if you, if you take the, the broad look of it, you go, oh my God, there's, <laughs> there's so much going on. But I mean, you could say this about all PAs is, is we're passionate people <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> who love, who love to learn. So definitely lots of opportunities for, for learning and seeing all sorts of types of patients, I believe. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned you'd been working for about 10 years, correct? Yeah, yeah, a little over 10 years. I graduated PA school in 2012. During this time and, you know, practicing in, you know, maternal fetal medicine, OBGYN, have you seen any um, changes in the field at all, whether it's structural or medical, you know, breakthroughs or things like that? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think the first thing that comes to mind is just the amount of PAs in women's health and Mm -hmm. OBGYN. When I first graduated, it was actually one, um, I was one of two, actually one of my classmates um, started working for the gyne-onc division and we were the only two PAs in our department. And now um, I'm thankful enough I serve as the chief for the department um, and we have 15 PAs kind of in our own subspecialties. So it's really nice and for of those being just solely in that MFM practice. So it's been really nice to see um, the department just see like how crucial PAs and like how they can utilize them in this field. And then in terms of like medical breakthroughs, like so many things have changed, I feel like in OBGYN, just of <laughs> um, the biggest thing, like just genetic testing and like annual mm-hmm. screening, like what we've done, like I can remember what we did, you know, when I first started and now like doing self-refetal DNA and just more accurate genetic testing and what we can offer patients. And then different things, I guess, how we manage like their hypertension, there's like neural trials that had come out, like the CHAP trial of like managing chronic hypertension and pregnancy and more detailed stuff. I think like we use like iron progesterone historically we used to for women that had a history of preterm birth. And then a new trial came out that showed that actually wasn't effective. So now we don't do it. Whereas like mm-hmm. we did it for everyone when I first started practicing. So that's kind of the benefit of working at an academic institution is like, I feel like I stay on top of all of the new like research that comes out because their things are always changing which is nice because I feel like I'm never done learning, which I feel like you can say for most PAs. Yes. it's And I think that's definitely one of our strong suits is we are definitely flexible, whether that's, you know, changing specialties or just saying, you know what, this is what the science shows. And yeah, we might have to change a practice and a standard that we've done for, you know, years and years. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything within, um, this is might be a broad question, but within MFM or medicine or your experience that you're particularly passionate about? I guess, I mean, honestly, it's the patients. Like I really, <laughs> like being at one place for so long, I've seen women through multiple pregnancies and seeing them return and them remembering you is really nice. Um, so I would say oh, yeah. that I've been really like, 
kind of drives me. It's nice to um, have that continuity. And just being able to work with birthing patients like during a very critical time of their pregnancy and like intimate setting is really nice. Your answer is is fortunately not surprising in the sense that at the end of the day, I feel like for most people, it, it comes down to the patients, you know, is, is what drives us. Now, if you have, or I should say, do you have any advice for someone who says, you know what, I'm interested in in maternal fetal medicine, but maybe I'm a little, you know, weary or it's overwhelming or I've never, you know, I worked in, you know, nephrology before this. What what advice do you have for anyone entering the field? Yeah, I mean, I think I alluded to this that you I think for most specialties too, like you just have to have the drive to continue to learn. Like in all of mm-hmm. medicine, there's always like new research coming out and new practices that are changing. So I think that's not different. Um, maternal fetal medicine isn't different in that aspect. And it's nice, like we do a lot of OB, but in MFM, like there's a lot of medicine too, right? Like we see, mm-hmm. like you alluded to nephrology, like we see a lot of patients like with history of a kidney transplant. So like even that knowledge definitely crosses over to MFM. Um, but ha- you have to have a passion for women's health, I think, if you're working in this field, because you see a lot of things. And if you don't have that initial interest, then definitely it's not for you, but it's, I think it's my passion. So I continue, like, I couldn't imagine not doing anything in OB. Now this is, this is kind of a shift and I might add it (laughs) in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No. Was there anything, again, this is kind of a very general, a broad interview, but was there any topics that you particularly wanted to talk about or think that you know, PAs or anyone would be interested learning about? I don't know. I think like how we utilize our PAs in MFM, like we talk a lot about the pregnancy, but we, a lot of like use, I think in general, there hasn't been much attention to postpartum care Mm -hmm. and the PAs have definitely like increased kind of like how we manage patients postpartum and having more visits and keeping more on tabs of like women that have preeclampsia managing their hypertension postpartum and their diabetes and mood and just making sure that like we don't forget about them postpartum. Do you mind talking a little bit more about that? Because I feel like at least when I, granted, I've, I've been out of school for two years, but other than saying postpartum care is really important, <laughs> they didn't highlight, you know, a whole lot. Yeah, no, I I think that like historically, like you would deliver and a patient just see, like is just seen for their six week visit. But I think there's been a lot of attention just even through ACOG of like, labeling it as the fourth trimester and making sure that we continue our care. Mm-hmm. And even just not to that six weeks, but like even up to a year is what they've kind of encouraged. Um, and we don't necessarily do that MFM just because of our resources, but I think we definitely follow patients more closely mm-hmm. and having more attention. Um, we've tried to do like groups preparing them for postpartum care, um, kind of like virtual groups, and then also just different ways to like manage, have close tabs on their hypertension postpartum so that they're getting just as much attention as they are postpartum as they were antepartum. Has that been there the entire 10 years you've been practicing or is that something fairly recent? Yeah, I think it's over the last probably like five years, definitely more attention. And the PAs have definitely been um, integral on that just because we have a little bit more of the bandwidth and time to be able to devote um, to the patient's postpartum. Um, so we try to utilize them in the clinic and making sure that like they're getting more frequent visits. The PAs, we're keeping track of our patients postpartum and they're getting calls mm-hmm. once they go home, those kind of things. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it was kind of a, it was kind of a short one, but that's totally okay. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. This is great. Well, that wraps it up for me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with maternal fetal medicine PA, Nicole Patton. 
I want to give Nicole a huge thank you for taking the time out of her busy schedule to chat with me. It truly was a pleasure. Now, you can tune in next time where I'll be reviewing the ins and outs of endometriosis. As always, you can listen to the show on APOG's website, www.paobgyn.org. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, or anywhere that podcasts are found. You can also follow APOG on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at APAOG to stay up to date on all the cool things we're working on. And lastly, if you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a difference in our visibility, and it would mean the world to me. Well, that's it. That's the end of my pandering. Until next time, stay safe, tell someone you love them, and bring a little kindness into the world. Goodbye.